You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode here of Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day here, every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the confusion around Syracuse cornerback Trill Williams. We're going to talk about the situation and why he ended up in Miami instead of with the New Orleans Saints. Then we're going to talk Paulson Adebo, the Stanford cornerback. The Saints traded up to draft at pick 76 overall. We're going to get Jeff Ireland's perspective of the rookie, thanks to Jeff Duncan's great work over at The Athletic. And finally, to wrap up the show, we're talking 2021 record predictions. Twitter Tuesday took to Twitter to ask Saints fans to provide their 2021 Saints predictions. So we'll talk about the peaks, the valleys, and the average across all of the Saints fans that took the time to contribute. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Deputy Brand Manager over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, your Tuesday co-host, the National Locked On NFL Podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, family, as we get right into it, I want to remind you to check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, one of our flagship shows here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Just search wherever you get your podcasts, and I highly encourage the Odyssey app if you haven't checked it out already, especially if you're having some trouble with iTunes because iTunes continues to be a problem. And of course, you can always check out today's show if you're listening on the podcast app. You can watch on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, you can also take the show on the go with you on whatever your favorite podcast provider is. So let's go ahead and jump into our first topic for today's episode, the Trill Williams saga. Now, this was just fantastic. So first, let's talk about the controversy, right? Reports breaking all around Twitter that Trill Williams had been re-signed by the New Orleans Saints after being waived with a failed physical at the end of last week. Saints Twitter then commences to celebrate. Everybody loves some Trill Williams, especially, uh, you know, a fan base of a team that has been one of the most prolific when it comes to landing undrafted free agents that actually contribute as early as their rookie years. Trill Williams is somebody that was projected to be a mid-round selection that fell out of the draft and all of a sudden ended up in New Orleans as a UDFA. But... Then, 12 minutes later, on the dot, 12 minutes later, a new report comes out saying that Trill Williams had been claimed by the Miami Dolphins. This was confirmed when I checked the NFL transaction wire that releases every day at 4 p.m. Central that indeed he had signed with the, or not signed, he had been claimed by the Miami Dolphins. Remember, he was released to waivers, right? He's a non-vested player less than four years in the NFL. So instead of him being cut or released, he goes to waivers, he gets waived, which means that there is a period of time in which teams who have a waiver priority are allowed to just say, I want that player, I want that player, I want that player. And then whoever has the highest waiver priority is awarded that player via waivers. So the player doesn't actually get to say, oh yeah, no, I'm going to negotiate my contract or yes, I want to go to this team. I don't want to go to that team. It seemed though that the way that this actually went down is really interesting. So remember, he was waived because of a failed physical at the end of last week, right at the beginning of minicamp. So it looked like he was going to clear waivers on Monday. For that reason, the Saints actually reportedly, according to Aaron Wilson, had a contract ready for Trill Williams to re-sign with the New Orleans Saints and come back to New Orleans. It seems that that's what Trill was willing to do as well. But perhaps at the last second, The Dolphins ended up putting in their waiver claim, and he was awarded to the Miami Dolphins. Again, no opportunity to negotiate where he was going to go because he was waived. So that means 
Terrell Williams is now officially, officially, officially is not a word, officially a Miami Dolphin, not a New Orleans Saint. A weird, wild situation all told. Because a lot of people are excited about Terrell Williams. This would have given the Saints essentially two mid-round cornerbacks to have as depth, to have competing as a starter in Paul Sinadibo's case. It would have given them another body and more than just another body. It would have given them another skillful player. I mean, six foot two, just under 200 pounds. He is voracious. He's a good tackler. He's a solid tackler, actually. He has some positional versatility, can play at cornerback as well as at safety. He had that great closing touchdown to the 2019 season for the Syracuse Orange when he ripped the ball away from a Kendall Hinton, by the way, led Wake Forest team. You remember Kendall Hinton as being the wide receiver that played quarterback for the Denver Broncos last year, ended up ripping the ball away from one of their receivers and taking it back to the house. I mean, the guy is a pretty electric player, caused four turnovers, had three touchdowns in his time, including one that didn't actually come off of a turnover that he generated, but a turnover that another player generated, lateraled the ball back to him, and then he ended up getting away to the outside in the left boundary and getting it, or almost getting into the end zone, actually. Now that I think about it, he got tackled probably about like at the five-yard line, but still, he converted many of his turnovers into touchdowns. He is a skillful player, and there was a lot of reason to be excited about him. Now, this doesn't mean that the book is closed on Trill Williams and the New Orleans Saints. We have to see. He failed a physical with New Orleans. And just to be clear, that has nothing to do with PEDs. That has nothing to do with uh, uh, banned substances, anything like that, or, or the substance abuse policy. It's just that there was an injury that sort of kept him from being able to complete his literal physical evaluation, right? So that's really what the failed physical is all about. It has nothing to do with substance or anything like that. So if that injury is still there, there's a chance that he fails that physical in Miami, and then Miami has to make a decision there as well about how they want to handle that injury. Now, you wish that the Saints would have never moved on from Trill Williams over the failed physical. Perhaps there was another way to go about it, injury settlement, something like that. But Regardless, this is the situation now, and we'll see exactly what happens with Trill Williams in Miami to see if maybe the New Orleans Saints get another run at the young rookie cornerback. Now, the Saints weren't done at the cornerback position on Monday. They also signed a cornerback in the uh, in, toward the end of the day, or at least when the transaction wire came out. Everyone has been waiting for the Saints to potentially reach out and sign a veteran corner, and guess what? They did it. They signed Ken Crawley. Ken Crawley back with the squad in New Orleans. The Saints reuniting with Ken Crawley, who played a whopping handful of defensive coverage snaps last year in the 2020 season, the Saints are going to need some more help at this position. There's no doubt about it, right? Like the Saints are going to need some more help, whether it's somebody to come in and push Paulson Adebo and challenge for the starting cornerback spot opposite Marshawn Lattimore, or simply to be able to provide better veteran depth than what the Saints have to offer right now. I think I'm probably a little bit more confident in Patrick Robinson than a lot of folks are, especially after the way that he performed last year. I'm actually pretty confident in Grant Haley as well outside of his size, but if he's able to continue to, uh, to to produce the way that he did in that week 17 game up against Carolina, then that's great. But that Carolina game also not a very good barometer for where you want to go ahead and evaluate your secondary. So we'll have to see exactly what it is the Saints continue to do as they continue to move forward here closer and closer to training camp, closer and closer to OTAs, getting started here in the next couple of weeks as well, about what it is that they're going to do with veteran presence or any more additional presence, whether it be somebody challenging for a starting role or veteran depth at the cornerback position. So we'll watch all of that. But coming up next, we're going to talk about the young corner, the youngest corner on the New Orleans Saints team, Paulson Adebo, who was drafted out of Stanford. Uh, Jeff 
Duncan over at The Athletic had a great conversation with Jeff Ireland talking about each of the draft prospects. So we'll fill you in on what Jeff Ireland had to say about the selection of Paulson Adebo as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And look, the NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And by right around the corner, I mean the play-in starts today. It, 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 it starts today. So if you're somebody that's very interested in going ahead and getting in on some of that action, make sure you head over to our good friends over at BetOnline. Dot ag Will a 10th seed make the playoffs through the play-in? Well, you have a couple of options, obviously, there, and the Lakers not really faring too well. So there's a lot of opportunity for one of those 10 seeds to be able to slip in to the playoffs. If you feel one way or another about it, head over to betonline.ag and then go ahead and get in on that action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember, it's free to sign up, but with the money that you put down to bet, you can get a 50% bonus on top of that by using that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, over at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And of course, you can also check out our good friends over at BuiltBar.com as well, the best tasting protein bar ever made. It says on the planet in my ad copy, but it's really in the universe. I mean, I have traveled all over the place, every galaxy, every universe. It's universes, plural universes. Doesn't matter. Built Bar is the best one. Doesn't matter where you try it. But seriously, I do love Built Bar. Mint brownie is my favorite flavor. I also love the salted caramel as well. There's nine incredible flavors as well as several limited edition flavors that continue to cycle through as well. And the only way to keep up with all of the different options that you have is to head over to BuiltBar.com and check them out today. Now, when you make your decision on whichever of the delicious flavors you want to buy, whether it's a build your own box or a sample box, make sure you also use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, use the numerals so that you can get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. Right, who that nation continue on with today's episode of Locked On Saints, taking a look at Paulson Adebo, the six foot one, 198 pound cornerback out of Stanford, former wide receiver, great ball skills, great intelligence, just has checks a lot of different boxes. But we're going to talk more specifically about the boxes that the New Orleans Saints wanted to check at the cornerback position and compare that to what Paulson Adebo has left to do in order to check those boxes. So let's start off here a little bit about the things that the Saints like about Paulson Adebo. Now, I'm pulling this information from a Jeff Ireland discussion with Jeff Duncan over at The Athletic, where they went and broke down each of the draft picks uh, from the Saints 2021 NFL draft class and talked a bit about what each of them bring, what they see in them, what their fits are, what it is that they like. They had a really, really phenomenal conversation. So just bringing that information over to you so we can get a deeper understanding of this draft class from the organizational perspective and from the GM perspective. So the things that The Saints liked about Paulson Adebo. First of all, his confidence, particularly in 2018, he had fantastic confidence, according to Jeff Ireland. Saw a little bit of a drop in that in 2019, where he had a couple of poor games, but we'll talk about more of that here in just a little bit. They like his size. As I mentioned, six foot one, 198, 197 pounds. He's prototypical in that realm. You look at his length, he's got long arms, big hands. He's got everything that you need there. Football IQ, very, very smart player. And we know that the Saints really focus on this when it comes to what they look for in the draft, particularly here over the last few seasons with opt-outs and truncated off-seasons and all these things they've had to deal with around COVID football. And then finally, they like his tackling. They like him as somebody that can get involved in the tackling game, get involved in run support. Obviously, that's something that's very important to the New Orleans Saints who have been a top run-defending team 
because of how good everyone on the defense is at playing against the run. It doesn't matter just the front seven. You're also talking about the secondary there as well. Now, Jeff Ireland did also mention that Paul Sandiba was in the third tier of cornerbacks that they were looking at in the NFL draft. And this is a third tier of pairs that he listed. The first tier, including J.C. Horn and Patrick Chertain, who, of course, they were looking to trade up for within the top 10 to draft one of those guys to really, really check off all of their boxes. But then they also, in the second tier, had Greg Newsom and Tyson Campbell, the two corners that he named. Tyson Campbell considered one of the better man coverage corners in this year's draft. Caleb Farley wasn't named in this interview, but I do believe that he probably exists within the first two there. Jeff Duncan himself observed that Jeff Ireland was kind of pulling these names out of memory. So it's very likely that he just didn't mention Caleb Farley more than it was an intentional thing. And then the third tier where Paulson Adebo uh, ended up being located was with Eric Stokes, Eric Stokes and Paulson Adebo there. Now, you might say, oh, well, he's a third tier cornerback. The Saints probably felt that they were selling on him. Now, remember that the Saints traded both 98 and 105, their bottom of the third round compensatory picks to move up to 76 to go and get Paulson Adebo. So it wasn't that they waited around and then took what was there. They went up and got the player that they wanted. They also passed at different times on both Tyson Campbell and Eric Stokes, considering that both of them were on the board at pick 28 when the Saints selected Peyton Turner instead. So they didn't feel that either one of those corners was better than the options that were on the board for them in the first round, particularly with Peyton Turner there, the defensive end out of Houston in the Saints' most recent first round selection. So lots of good reasons and lots of good signs for how the Saints feel about Paulson Adebo. The other part on top of that, though, is that he mentioned that all three tiers of these players are players that could come in and compete for a starting position, although he didn't feel that they had yet checked the must box the way that he might have with a guy like J.C. Horn or Paulson Adebo, oh, excuse me, J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertain. So now let's take a look at the opt-out, because this is going to be a big storyline around Paulson Adebo. It kind of already has been. He opted out of the 2020 NFL season. Does the opt-out hurt him, and did it hurt his evaluation with the New Orleans Saints? Now, this opt-out means that he might need some more time to adjust to NFL speed. We've talked about that on the show here, and we'll certainly continue to keep an eye out on that as OTAs and training camp continue to roll along. But the opt-out itself doesn't seem to have actually hurt his evaluation with the New Orleans Saints. In fact, because of the fact that he was considering coming out after the 2018 season, but excuse me, after the 2019 season, after having a very successful 2018, he actually ended up struggling a bit in 2019. I mentioned that he struggled in a couple of games. He had a couple of games that were kind of yeah, shysty for him, and that seemed to drop his confidence a little bit. After that 2019 season, he made the decision that he was going to go back in 2020 to prove his draft value, as opposed to just coming out after that sort of uh, shaky 2019. And that portion, his, his decision to return in 2020, pre-pandemic, actually seems to have spoken louder than the subsequent decision to opt out actually did in and of itself. So Jeff Ireland actually complimented Adebo's competitive spirit for wanting to go back and prove himself in 2020, even though he didn't get the chance with the mass opt-outs and, of course, the pandemic. So now let's talk a little bit about his evaluation in coverage that uh, that that Jeff Ireland talked about and how it is that maybe we can see Paulson and Debo fit into the New Orleans Saints system. The concerns came about his eyes in zone, which should sound familiar because that was a problem for the Saints early on in the 2020 season, but they ended up getting that fixed. Dennis Allen has experience in adjusting that, and the Saints got much better in that department throughout the 2020 year, and also choosing when to play the ball versus play the man. Now, usually when we talk about that, we say, oh, well, the player is wanting to play the man too much and is drawing flags. He should be playing the ball. That's usually the complaint that you hear. But in this instance, 
it seems that Paul Sinadibo's concern or the concern around Paul Sinadibo is that he wants to play the ball all the time and therefore sometimes gives up big plays when he should be making some adjustments every now and then in deciding to play the man. Now, that specifically refers to his play in zone coverage. In man coverage, the Saints were very, very confident in his evaluation of what it is that he brought, not only as a press man corner, but also as an off man corner as well. He was very impressive to the Saints in both of those categories. And if you look at Janoris Jenkins, who played cornerback two for the New Orleans Saints last year, the spot that the Saints are trying to fill, he played man coverage 41.2% of defensive snaps in 2020. So your ability to be able to play in press man and off man situations that's going to be pretty big when you're looking at filling up this cornerback two spot across from Marshall and Lattimore. So Paul Sanadibo looking pretty good there. Now, when it comes to what it is that Jeff Ireland said is the most important thing that the Saints look for in the cornerback position, or are the most important things rather, we looked at several different traits that he named. Confidence, which we've talked about. Instincts, which we've talked about as well, but he'll need to, to do a little bit more work there. Awareness, ball skills, and size. I think awareness, ball skills, and size are ones that you can check off for Paul Sinadibo immediately. He has great awareness because he understands route combinations as a former wide receiver. He understands how to read a quarterback, what a quarterback is looking for, and what a wide receiver is looking for. He uses that to his advantage all the time as a press man corner in particular, and even as an off man corner, knowing when to make a break on the ball. So his awareness is very much there. Now, his ball skills, very much there as well. He can compete at the catch point, former wide receiver. Don't know how many times I need to say it. 10-inch hands. He has all the things. But also size, right? 10 inch hands, length, uh, six foot one, 198, 197, somewhere around there. All of that, you can check off all three of those boxes. The things that Paul Sanadibo is going to have to get better at or is going to have to show that he can regain are his confidence from 2018 and if he's going to be able to develop his instincts into the NFL level. If he's able to do both of those things, then all of a sudden he checks off five of these boxes and we might be talking about him as a starter sooner than expected. But of course, no rush for the young rookie who's looking to adjust the NFL level. And again, as we mentioned in the last segment, we'll see what the Saints continue to do at potentially answering the question about whether or not they need a veteran at that cornerback position. All right, y'all, coming up next, we got a quick segment to close out the show, a fun one. I took to Twitter for Twitter Tuesday, asked about New Orleans Saints record predictions from New Orleans Saints fans, got a bunch of responses, averaged them all out. So we'll talk about the peaks, the valleys, and the averages from all the Saints fans who contributed as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network your team every day. And when it comes to peaks, valleys, and averages, there's nothing but peaks over at rockauto.com. My absolute favorite place to go whenever I need anything for my vehicle. They are a family business after all, and they've been helping auto parts customers online for 20 years. So it's always nice to be able to support. It's just a great place to go to get everything that you need taken care of from the comfort of your own home. So when it comes down to it, I would much rather spend my time going to rockauto.com. Just put in your make, your model, the year, whatever parts you're looking for, and they're going to give you several options. And the best part is that whether you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer, you're going to pay the same price. You're not going to get upcharged, same prices no matter what. So go and check them out, rockauto.com. Get everything that you could possibly need for your vehicle and even more. Things you didn't even know that they had for a car they've got at rockauto.com. So go ahead and don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you by writing Locked On in the How'd You Hear About a section, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Let's 
get it, family. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Things with a quick segment here for you. I took to Twitter for our Twitter Tuesday episode and asked Saints fans to let me know what their projections are for the Saints 2021 record. Now, of course, this is very, very early, right? We don't know the 53-man roster for this team, let alone the different, you know, the the teams, the 17 games that the Saints have to play next season. I mean, even though they're playing divisional rivals, the roster might look different the second time they play them than the first time that they play them. See the uh, the Carolina Panthers when the Saints played against P.J. Walker just as much as they played against Teddy Bridgewater in Week 17. So there are a lot of things, of course, that could change between here and now, but I just wanted to kind of get a gauge on Saints fans' confidence in terms of heading into training camp with the roster that's there, how are you feeling about the players? We know where all the question marks are, right? Wide receiver two, cornerback two, potentially the linebacker next to Mario Davis, interior defensive line, who's starting at center. I mean, all those question marks are there. Oh, and of course, the quarterback position as well, right? So all of these question marks are definitely there, but it's always fun to get a little glimpse into the confidence of the fan base. Now, I tried to only use folks that gave me straight up answers I, it, because I was averaging all of these out, throwing them into a spreadsheet and everything and then and, and developing kind of an average amongst all of them. I, so I wasn't really able to use the people said like, oh, well, the floor is 0 and 17 and the, the ceiling is 14 and 3. Like, I can't really use that. Right. So because I wasn't going to just like put it right in the middle or anything like that and maybe deliver something that wasn't actually representative of what that person actually meant. I didn't use anyone, any, any like ranges that I was given. I only use straight up answers. So we got actually quite a few of those. So if we look at the best, the worst, and the average across what Saints fans are expecting, then we'll get a little bit here. So let's start with the worst. The worst schedule prediction that I was given straight up that wasn't Tyler Roland of Locked on Titans coming in to say, oh, and 17, haha, very funny, Tyler was actually a 7 and 10 prediction. That's actually the lowest one that I got. So I think that speaks volumes to the confidence of the New Orleans Saints fan base when it comes to their, your favorite team, right? This isn't, and this one didn't come as a, oh, well, if Jameis is the quarterback, then I think this record, if Taysom is the quarterback, then I think this record, no. This was a straight up somebody said 7 and 10. And I respect that. I think that that is, any record here is a possibility, right? Because we're talking about a swing of four games, and we know that the Saints have a tough stretch of at least seven of them between, you know, weeks, what, seven through 13, if I remember correctly, right after the bye week. Those are all tough games. There's a lot of opportunity for some of these games to swing, especially if they're decided by just one score or even a field goal or less. There's a lot of different ways that each of these games can, of course, go. And we've seen that for the New Orleans Saints before. You look back at maybe the 2016 season. For the New Orleans Saints, that was another seven and nine season, but so many one score games there. Ugh, that's just tough. That's really, really tough. But seven and 10 was the lowest projection that I got. And I thought that was really good for the New Orleans Saints and great for Saints fans' confidence. The highest projection that I got, and I only got this once, was 14 and three. So not 17 and 0, not 16 and 1, nothing unreasonable, but a 14 and 3 schedule for a New Orleans Saints team that's coming off of a 13 and 3 record little bit more realistic than maybe a 17 and 0 or a 16 and 1. Now, do I think the Saints are going 14 and 3 personally? No. I don't think that many teams are actually going to go 14 and 3 this season, particularly with the additional game. I'm going to be very interested to see the strategy around teams and how they manage having an additional game in their uh in their schedule, particularly this first year. So I'm really interested to see exactly how all of that actually ends up playing out across the NFL, not even just in New Orleans. But 14 and three, high confidence. And again, when the, the bottom part of this here is seven and 10, 
this really continues to speak towards Saints fans' confidence. Now, the average across all the folks that were nice enough to contribute, and thank you if you did, really appreciate you coming through for this Twitter Tuesday, the average across all Saints fans was 11 and 6. All Saints fans that contributed, 11 and 6. This is right around where I am for the New Orleans Saints. 11 and 6, 12 and 5, all depends on if they beat the Jets or if they lose in the Meadowlands after a tough seven-game stretch. I really put that game as like one of the pivot points for the New Orleans Saints season. You're coming out of this really tough stretch. Even if you drop a couple of those games, it's an opportunity to get your confidence back. Or if you end up running through that tough stretch of the season and you're actually massively successful, let's say five and two or six and one or even seven and oh during that time, here's a really nice opportunity for you to get punched in the throat and have all that confidence deteriorated right away, right away if you lose in the Meadowlands going up against the New York Jets. So this is a really big pivot point for the New Orleans Saints in week 14. So that's the difference for me between 11 and 6 and 12 and 5. But that's the average that we got across the New Orleans Saints fan base that were nice enough to contribute 11 and 6. So again, just to recap, lowest 7 and 10, highest 14 and 3, average a reasonable 11 and 6. All right, y'all, if you're looking for something else to check out today, make sure you check out the Locked On Today podcast. Today on Locked On Today, our local experts are weighing in on who should win the MVP in the NBA, as well as Defensive Player of the Year and Head Coach of the Year. So you don't want to miss all of those great conversations over the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. Coming up in tomorrow's episode of Locked On Saints, we're going to be going through our midweek fundamentals segment. We had a lot of fun with it last week. Last week, we talked about defensive personnel. Now let's flip the script and talk offensive personnel. We'll talk about personnel packages and what they all mean. So we'll check all of those out or as many as we can on tomorrow's episode, as well as keeping you up to date with everything going on with your New Orleans Saints. We have more rookies to break down. And of course, we also have a 17-game schedule to continue through with early looks. What's different, uh, what's new, and what are the biggest questions going into each matchup of the 2021 NFL season? We've got a lot more coming up for you here throughout uh, the offseason because we're not going anywhere here on Locked on Saints. And of course, thank you as always for rating, reviewing, listening, liking, commenting, watching everything that you're doing to help grow this family. As always, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them and trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.